0: Hi, beautiful friends. Welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about how we are called to make beautiful things with our day and in the world. We're primarily going to focus on how we do that with our craft or our work, how we do that with hospitality, and how we do that with our attitude as we go about our day. So that's what we're going to dive into today. So I hope today's episode will encourage you, inspire you to see your day a little bit differently. and your family. This is the podcasting community for you. Grab your favorite beverage, your prayer journal, and your pen, and let's be encouraged. So I think the first example of making great right, or creating is that God created the earth and everything in it. And all you have to do is look around you and observe, notice, and you'll see all the creativity that God used to make things the different flowers, the colors, the shapes, the animals, the colors in the animal kingdom, just so many things, you know, how our bodies work. So first of all, God is that first example as to, you know, what he's put in us, this desire and ability to create in partnership with him. And so I think truly he wants us to, you know, be that expression of his creativity and his love in the world. And I think the first example of this is Matthew 5, 16, which says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. And I think that kind of right there points it out, right? Like shine our light, be the hope in the world, but also be that extension of kindness, be that extension of, you know, doing a good job, right? And it was Martin Luther that said, The Christian shoemaker does his duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes because God is interested in good craftsmanship. In other words, are we putting in that creation that he's given us, that ability to design and craft something both beautiful and purposeful and that's a reflection, right, of him? And then second is that we take Pride in our work, right? Because he's given us this ability to be a crafter, if you will, in some way. And actually, in Exodus and in other places, they talk about um, being a craftsman or craftsmanship a lot. And so, one of those is, let's see, Exodus 31 3. It says, I have filled him with the spirit of God and wisdom and understanding of knowledge in all kinds of craftsmanship. So, once again, it's that call to, you know, be skillful. And in Exodus again, I think it's, let's see, 3510, it says, let every skillful man among you come and make all that the Lord has commanded. So once again, we are called to use these gifts he's given us, this ability to use our hands, to use our words. And also, you know, um, it's also by connecting with people and inviting them in you know, that's sort of the hospitality piece of this. So how do we make beautiful things? Well, one, it's about how do we approach our day? Do we show up into our day and realize that all the little things we're doing for our family and in our workplace, the way we're connecting with people, that we remember that it's service, that it is, if we do it out of love, if we do it with a good and joyful attitude, that one, we're then giving glory to God. We are um, showing him that respect in what we're doing. And it also means we're, we are respecting what we're doing to slow down enough to actually make it an act of love, whether that's making dinner for our family or whether that's cleaning up or whether that's doing our craft like writing or singing, painting or counseling others or whatever your, your craft or your job is. And so what I like that Jen Schmidt says about hospitality is this. Hospitality is different. Biblical hospitality offers our best to him first, understanding that our best to others will then fall into place. You're here, I've been waiting for you. The posture we assume in hospitality is one that bends low, generously offering our heart to another despite what interruption to our own plans or comfort. And then he, uh, she just says, God tells us to welcome and love the stranger. He, God, instructed his people to give of their time energy in whatever meager possessions were on hand, demonstrating hospitality to traveling strangers and feeding and housing them after an exhausting journey. And then it says, in the New Testament, hospitality is said to be a distinctive mark of the Christian church. Early believers took seriously the command to use their homes as a place for extending grace to others. And I think that's just so beautiful. But once again, I think that has to do with make beautiful things. Make beautiful connections, make beautiful relationships, make beautiful invitations, invite others in. And Paul says in Romans 12, 13, Jen Smith talks about this in her book, pursue hospitality. The verse doesn't suggest that some people have the gift of hospitality while others lack it. No, we're all meant to be in the habit of pursuing hospitality. It's a command to love others well in a tangible way. And so Let's see. She goes on, though, and I think this is important to, to point out. But here's where the blessing comes in. The difference for as we obey what God commands here, as we begin to experience the fullness, richness and joy that comes from practicing life giving hospitality. We see this bib- biblical instruction transforming from an active command to a deep, profound, yet simple calling when we pursue first out of love, only to find it too contagious for us to stop. I think that's just so beautiful. And the next thing that I want to talk about, about making beautiful things is what Emily P. Freeman in her book, A Million Little Ways says. And I think it's, it really has to do with how do we show up in our everyday, making our day beautiful, making our connections with others, our acts, you know, in our day, just our everyday ordinary things. How do we make that beautiful, right? For other people. And how do we make it beautiful to be glorifying God, to be lifting him up and to shine the light towards him? And here's what she says. Let's see. She says, time is, in, time is embedded in us. There is a wonder to time on earth. We have been placed on land, bound up in time, wound up to spin like the moon, like the waves, like a poem. How are we to live like a poem in an unpoetic world? How do we cooperate with the spirit of God in the midst of uncooperative circumstances? What if we approach the critic, our jobs, the kids at our table with the same wonder and anticipation an artist has when she approaches the canvas? What if we decided to believe our purpose in this world really is to reflect the glory of God? Would we begin to see ourselves as wildly free to approach the universe, the meal plan, the work project, the yard sale, our neighbor, the roof leak? the doctor's appointment, the eternal destiny of our children, to approach it all with a wide-eyed wonder, with an edge of your seat breath, with an expectation that any minute God will show himself in a way that we have not yet seen. And he'll likely do it through us. When we embrace embrace the beauty of our design, when we recognize that he has made us to be unique expressions of himself, when we receive the gifts he has equipped us with and have the courage to pour them out we worship. What else would it be? Dare to get a sense of yourself in the world as you live and breathe and are. If it's true that in him you have your being, in him you move and exist, then you have value and weight, not the kind of weight you want to lose and get rid of, the kind that makes it possible for you to move into the world with courage, security, and as if you know you have something to offer and where your life comes from. The deepest truth we all We are all to reveal is the full glory of God, no matter how we feel, who we're with, or what's going on. Today, as we face our dishes, our proposals, our classrooms full of the future. As we sit to create, to write, and to live on purpose, may the promise of growth outweigh our fear of stumbling. And she ends the page with this. May we remember how swiftly perfect love dries out fear. May we know what it means to make art with our hands, in our souls, with our lives. May our thousand brilliant excuse, excuses spin around into one brilliant act of belief. My gosh, I don't know how you could say it more perfectly than Emily's words on that page. But I think that's sort of the point about what if we step into each one of our days and remember why we are here. We're here to make beautiful things, right? Beautiful things in partnership with God, to be that extension of God in the world, in our relationships, through expression, through expression through service, through love, through kindness and through understanding that it's in even the ordinary moments. It's where we're being placed that God wants to partner with us to make beautiful things. You might be asking though, how do I do that? How do I go from how I was yesterday to today and make, understand that that's the call? And I I guess I'd say three simple ways is Just stop and pause during your day, even if you're doing the dishes of the laundry, which, let's be honest, many of us can, those jobs, those mundane jobs can get boring, irritating, not feel very um, helpful or that we're really serving anyone. But if we do it with that good attitude, you know, with a joyous heart, you know, sing a song, put on the radio remember that it's just a a small, tiny act of service, right, to our home, to the people that live in it. But when we do that, when we show up with a joyful heart and we pause when we're not, when we're rushed and we're hurried, we pause. We say a little prayer or we take a minute to get centered. We step out back, breathe in that fresh air, feel the warmth of the sun on our skin. When we do that and then we reset, go back about our day. This is how we can step back into it, remembering what we're here to do, even in that moment. And then the next thing is, you know, pray, pray about having that joyful heart, pray about remembering, you know, how, why you're here, why God has put you on this earth, both to be part of the lives of the people around you through what you say, how you act, how you connect and show love to the people right there in your life. And then I think the third way is keep finding ways to be inspired and motivated in your life. So that can be remembering a favorite scripture. It can be reading authors or listening to podcasts, or maybe you have certain quotes that just lift you up. They inspire you. Read those, keep reminding yourself, but in other words, keep filling yourself up with things that encourage you. For me, reading Christian, Christian inspirational books. I mean, I read lots of books, business books, books on creativity, lots of things, but those in particular really put things in context for me. They speak to me in a way that other things don't, you know, even the Bible, sometimes their words, their breakdown of something, it helps me to put it in a new perspective. And so get in you know, get around people, right, that are living the way that you wanted to live as well. Until next time, I hope you have a beautiful week. Thanks again for listening. And if you would like to be encouraged and lifted up, I have a seven-day encouragement challenge. If you'd like to sign up, go to faithfueledwoman.com and just enter your email address and you will be sent seven days of Christian encouragement and inspiration to your inbox. Thanks again for listening to Faith Fueled Woman. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would share it with a friend and if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it helps us get discovered by more people to spread more hope in the world. Thanks again for listening in.